In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Many happy returns. Today is the Feast of Hosanna Sunday. Um, also, we sometimes call it Palm Sunday. Um, because when the Lord entered into Jerusalem, all of the people received him as a king, and they laid out palm leaves and their garments on the road. And as he entered riding on a colt um, into the city, and everyone celebrated his entrance into Jerusalem. Um, after the Lord entered Jerusalem, one of the things that he did is he went to the temple. The reason actually the Lord came to Jerusalem at this time, this was not the first time the Lord came to Jerusalem. He would come every year for the time of the Passover feast. And at the time of the Passover feast, the people would offer sacrifices um, in the temple. And he came into the temple and what he saw really disturbed him. What, what he saw is that there were people who were buying and selling in the temple. What is it that they were doing? So because every single person had to offer a sacrifice, there would be people there in the temple who essentially were traders. And what they would do is they would take the money of the people and they would sell them the, the, the sacrifice animals that, that would be used in the sacrifice. And it was a business for them. But they didn't do it honestly. They did it with a high markup so they would make money for themselves. And this actually became an, a, an obstacle and a stumbling block for the people who wanted to come and offer um, uh, their sacrifice at the time of the Passover. They wouldn't be able to do it because the prices of these um, animals were so high. This is why when the Lord saw these people who had turned the temple into a marketplace and who were profiting, and, and he refers to them as thieves, um, when he saw this, he became very, very um, upset. And actually, we see the Lord act in a way that we've never seen him act. That maybe if, if this story wasn't here in the scripture, and we asked ourselves, is it possible for the Lord to become so angry that he overturns tables and he gets out a whip and begins whipping people? Is it even possible we could imagine the Lord who is so meek and humble to do such a thing? If this story were not in the scripture, maybe a lot of us, our answer would be no. We can't imagine the Lord doing such a thing. And yet this is what we see happen. In, in, in Luke chapter 19, it says, Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who, who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Why is it that the Lord was so zealous for his house? Why is it that the Lord responded so strongly to what he saw, the corruption that he saw? It's because this house that was a house of salvation, that as the Lord says about it, that it is a house of prayer, that the, that the people had defiled it. They had desecrated it. They had taken this place, which was supposed to be for the salvation of the people, and they turned it to be just a common place, just like any other place you might find, just like a supermarket, just like uh, a stock market, just like any store, just like any place where normal business is conducted, and not only just normal business, but corrupted business. And they took the house of God, which was, um, which was consecrated for the salvation of the people, the place where the people would come and offer their sacrifice and prayers to God and they desecrated it in such a way and so the Lord became very very angry with this because it was harming the people it was a stumbling block for the people so I want to speak a little bit about the church what is the church what we should use the church for why do we come to the church and what is it that the church is not what is it that we should not do in the church the first is, what is the church? The church is a place of communion with God and the saints. In Ephesians 2.19, it says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So he's saying, when you come into the church, 
You are no longer outcasts, you are no longer strangers, but you are children of God. This is the place of communion with God, the place where we come in order to be in communion with God and in communion with one another, the body of Christ. This is first and foremost why we come to the church. This is why we come and we pray and we partake of his um, holy body and blood. So this is a place where we, we are united with God and this should be our primary focus in life. Our whole focus in life should be, how do I draw closer to God? How do I bring myself in communion with God at all times? And the church is a place consecrated for this purpose. So that when we come here, we are fully focused. We are fully directing our energy, our thought, our mind, our hearts, everything about us is fully directed toward this goal of being in communion with God. Also, the church is a place where we are taught the truth. Uh, out in the world, there are many doctrines and many philosophies and many deceptions and many lies, many false things that we are fed and told in the world, whether about religious things or whether about secular things, whatever the case might be, the world is full of many deceptions. And yet when we come to the church, it is a place where we are taught the truth. It says, but, it, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. This is what St. Paul is saying to St. Timothy about the church. The church is what? The pillar and ground of the truth. Meaning if the church is, if the truth is not found in the church, where else was, is it going to be found? Where will it be found if it is not found in the church? We come to the church to learn the truth, the truth, truth about ourselves, the truth about our origin, the truth about the, 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 the calamity of sin, the disaster that entered into the world, which is sin. We learn about the importance of repentance. We learn about the existence of God and who he is and his characteristics. We learn all of these things in the church, which is why we need to be holding steadfast to the faith and to the truth, to the dogma of the church without wavering, without change, no matter what the world believes, no matter how the world attacks us, no matter how the world twists the, tr the truth, we have to remain faithful to the truth. Also, I want to mention here in this verse, when St. Paul is speaking to St. Timothy, he says what I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. How you ought to conduct yourself. Meaning again, this is a place that is a consecrated place, a house of prayer, a house of communion with God, a place of the truth. The way that we conduct ourselves here is very, very important. We don't act here the way we do in our homes. We don't act here the way that we would act in any other place. We come with reverence. We come with seriousness. We come with focus. We come with a desire to be with God. This is why, for instance, in the church we have a dress code. We say there are certain kinds of things we should wear and certain things we should not wear. We, we come with a desire to be focused. We don't come to the church in order to play just games in the church. No, we come because we want to pray. We come because we want this union with God. And so there's a whole, we could go into a whole topic about this, about how we conduct ourselves in the church. But the idea is, is there is a way that we conduct ourselves. There is a way that is fitting and there is a way that is not fitting. Also, the church is a place where we worship God in spirit and truth. In 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are, we are coming to worship the Lord in spirit. We are coming to worship him 
with, with, with spirit, with understanding. We are coming to worship him as he has called us to worship. When we read in the Holy Scriptures, we see so much of the pattern that the Lord has called us to worship him. In the Old Testament, he told the people exactly how to worship him. He told them the exact dimensions of the tabernacle. He told them the types of sacrifices that they could offer, what would be accepted, and what would be rejected. In every way, the Lord gives us this information, these details, this understanding of how is it that we should worship him. And of course, in the New Testament, our worship is not just based on the external rites, the external actions of worship, but it is a sacrifice of our heart. It is, it is something that we offer to him, even our own, our own self, our own desires, our own will. Everything that I do, I offer to God and I worship him in spirit and truth. Also, the church is a place where we yield and submit our will to him. Meaning, we come maybe with our own desires, we come with our own thoughts, we come with our own um, ideas, and yet when we come to the church, we place all of those at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we submit our will to him. In Ecclesiastes 5 verse 1, it says, Walk prudently. Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know what they do, that they, what they do is evil. When you go to the house of God, draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. Meaning what? Don't come thinking that what you have to offer is the only thing, is the only right way. Maybe the ideas that we have when we come to the church, maybe they're flawed. Maybe there's something that I have a wrong understanding about, a misunderstanding, a wrong conception about myself, a wrong conception about the world, a wrong conception about God. But he says, walk prudently when you go into the house of God, meaning submit yourself to the word of God. Submit yourself to the word of God in the house of God, that when you hear the truth, you're willing to accept it, even if it contradicts what you want, even if it contradicts your own desires, even if it contradicts your own philosophies and understanding of the world and yourself. When, when we read the word of God, we are called to submit to it. We submit ourselves to it, even if it is difficult, even if it is something that is hard to accept, even if it calls us to sacrifice or to change our lifestyle, we submit and we yield to the will of God. The church is also a place where we serve one another. We demonstrate the love that God is calling us to show to one another in the body of Christ. We offer love, we offer kindness, we offer encouragement, we teach each other the truth, we help one another. In all these ways, the church is a place for the body of Christ to be strengthened. We come here so that we can grow together, serve one another. Also, the church is a place where we find healing and forgiveness. When we come with our brokenness, when we come with our, our anxieties, when we come with sadness and depression, when we come with our worries, when we come with all of the brokenness that we, we bring with us from the world, the Lord offers us healing and he offers us forgiveness of sins, a place where the Lord accepts our repentance, a place where the Lord hears our confessed sins and grants us forgiveness of these sins. It is a place of joy. It is a place we come to be lifted, are the burdens that we carry with us in the rest of the week. We come so that these burdens can be lifted from us. When we, when we cry out to the Lord in prayer and we say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy truly coming from our heart. That we are asking God to have mercy on us. We're asking God to intervene in our life and to work and to change. Finally, the church is a place where we find salvation, the salvation of our souls. When we find a way to reconnect with God again, where the doors of heaven are open to us, when the Lord accepts us, accepts our prayer and draws us to himself so we can spend eternity with him in um, paradise. This is what we are seeking from the church 
So everything that we have discussed has been uh, a, sp a spiritual thing. Everything we are, we have, we're talking about is there is spiritual renewal, there is spiritual understanding, there is spiritual knowledge, there is spiritual work and power in the church. We are coming to participate in it, we're coming to benefit from it, we're coming to offer ourselves. This is what the church is for. And this is what the temple was for at the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the people to come, offer sacrifice, and to find forgiveness of their sins and healing. This is why when this place was corrupted, the temple was corrupted, the Lord became so upset, and he didn't want this to continue, and he did what he did. So I want to speak now briefly of what is the church not? What is it not? The, the church is not a place of politics. Sometimes some churches... Um, they turned the church to be a place of just discussing the political views and the political arguments of the day. It doesn't mean that our religious beliefs um, are not reflected in maybe our politics that we support, but the church is not the place of politics. The church is the place to, to study and understand and speak about the word of God. It is the, the, the purpose of the church is not to make some kind of social change, even though maybe as individuals, we, we want to make social change so that the world is conformed to the will of God. But the place of the church is to discuss right and wrong. It's, it's, it's a place to discuss what God has called us to do. A place where we are rededicating ourselves to live a life with God in a spiritual sense. Not simply in a social sense. Not simply in a political way or political um, activism. Right? But it is, it is a place of spiritual connection with God. The church is also not a place for pushing my own will or my own agenda or my own beliefs. Maybe some of us have different beliefs about various things. Maybe there are certain things that the church teaches that a certain person might not fully agree with. The church is not the place for me to come and to begin to preach my own words, my own views, my own beliefs and understanding. Right? The church is not a place for me to capitalize on the pulpit in order for me to teach what I want to teach. No, each of us is here to promote the, the, the will of God, the word of God, the church beliefs and teachings. And this brings unity in the church. This helps us to all be one under one truth and one word of God, one understanding and one teaching. It is not, the, the church is not a place for me where I have an opportunity to just speak whatever it is that I want to speak, but we have to conform ourselves to the church teachings and what is it that we believe. The church is also not a place simply for social gatherings. Of course, we have, thank God, by the grace of God, a nice community where we have many people who are good friends with one another and have fellowship with one another on a regular basis. And this, of course, is, is a great blessing that we have. And this is part of what the early church also had. They had this life of fellowship. But the church transcends the fellowship. Fellowship is not the goal. Maybe fellowship helps us to reach the goal. When we come together, when we enjoy our, our time with one another, it helps us to be united in, in, in the bond of love and help us to pray together, encourage one another, and so on. But the goal is connecting with God. The goal is not just having social time, right? It's good to have social time. It's good to spend time together even after you know the liturgy. We have the, the lunch afterward, and people go and they eat and they enjoy themselves. This is fine. This is good. This is part of Sunday, part of the worship of, of the Lord, the fellowship that we offer and that we have with one another. But the church is not simply a place for social gatherings. If we had 
a lot of fun with one another, if we enjoyed each other's company, but the word of God was never on our lips, where we, 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 we actually didn't promote the word of God, we didn't, we didn't try to live as Christians, we didn't try to unite each, ourselves on, under the kind of the, 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 the idea of being the body of Christ, and all we did was just have fun, have fun. Well, this is defeating the purpose of the church. The church is not just a place for social gatherings. Also, the church is not simply a place for social services. The, the church is not simply a place for us to serve, right? It is not just a place for us to do good. It is not just a place for us to do good in the world. The church is, before anything else, a spiritual house. As the Lord said to the people, my house is a house of prayer. It is a house of prayer. It is a house where, when we come to the church, the most important thing we can do in the church is prayer. It is not the service. It is not anything else that we do here. Even the things that we attract people to come to the church, we have activities, we have food, we have different things. Those are great to bring people to the house of God. But the reason that we are here in the church is prayer. You know, when, when, when we have a prayer happening here in the church, and then there are people that are outside, there are people that are doing whatever it might be, uh, in the classrooms, in the kitchen, um, doing whatever activities that there is, while at the same time there is a prayer being offered in the church, we have to ask ourselves, what is this place? Is this place a house of prayer? Or is it a house of all of these other things? Is it a place where only we come to serve and to do some work that we've been called to do? How can we be doing this while at the same time we are offering prayer? I use the example of Mary and Martha. When Martha was in the kitchen preparing food and preparing all these things for the Lord Jesus Christ who was in the next room, but Mary was at his feet listening to him, what is it that the Lord said and who did he commend? Did he commend Martha who was busy serving or did he commend Mary who was sitting at his feet listening to him? There is a time for service and service is very important, but there is also a time of prayer. And when the time of prayer comes, we should drop everything and go to the church and offer prayer. I'll, I'll tell you uh, an experience that I had when I was in the monastery. Um, one time I was there as, as a younger man and I had more energy that I could be working in the fields in the agriculture with one of the monks who was there. And he, this monk, was working in the fields and his, his clothes were completely dirty. Like he was mud and, and all kinds of stuff on his face and his clothes and, and like sweating. And, and then every, every day at 5 p.m. there is a bell that rings, which is the time of prayer. The bell rang. The monk dropped everything, literally he just dropped it on the floor, on the ground. And he walked to the church as he was, with all the mud, with all the sweat, with everything that he was, he didn't even go wash his hands. He went into the church and he began the prayer, the prayer is 30 minutes, and then after that he went and he washed up and he did everything. And I was so impressed with him because I saw how serious they were about the life of prayer. The prayer is why the monks are there. There is other things that support their spiritual life, like the work. But the prayer is more important than anything. He dropped everything instantly, and he walked as he was to the church, and he offered a prayer because, as the Lord said, his house is a house of prayer. Um, finally, the church is not simply a place for teaching and activities, meaning it's good to have activities. It's good to have fun games, even spiritual games, and it's good to teach. It's good to teach the word of God. But if we do not take the things that we learn and the things that we do and apply them to our spiritual life, then they are just ideas. They are just nice concepts. They are just interesting facts that we learn. What we really need to do, and when the Lord says that his house is a house of prayer, is that we should take these things and we should transform them into a relationship with him. When We should speak to him. We should apply them. We should live them. And they should be part of our life. So this is, just very briefly, 
how we can understand the church, the importance of the church. And I pray that during this coming week, the Holy Week, we call it Holy Week because it is holy, that we come to the church and we participate as much that we can in all of the prayers and that we remember the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ for our sake. And in this knowledge and in this understanding of the sacrifice, we grow closer to him and we see and experience his true love for us. And glory be to God forever. Amen.